Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Amen. All right, you can take your Bibles this morning, if you would, and turn to Mark chapter number 13. Mark chapter number 13 is where we're going to be at. And I tell you, we are living in a strange season of time, aren't we? I mean, the day and age that we're living in, we have no idea what's going to happen next in our world. But I tell you, people are searching for answers. They are searching for answers to life's biggest questions. They want to know what's going to happen next. They want to know what is the answer. Mankind has always been fascinated with the future. When I was a boy, by we thought by this time, 30 years into the future, we'd have flying cars. Still waiting for that day. We don't tend to think that way too much anymore, but we still always wonder, what does the future hold? What's the future going article? I didn't read the article, I just saw the, the headline and I thought, well, that's interesting. We've always been concerned about the future. For the believer, a study of the end times has always gripped people's attention. They want to know what will it be like when the world ends. People always want to know, when will Christ come back? It's a great question. As we look around our world today, we know the Scripture has much to say about the end times. And as we come to Mark chapter number 13, we come to a passage of Scripture where Jesus is going to give some description of the end times. But more importantly than a description of the end times, I believe He gives us, again, more importantly what our role ought to be concerning those end times. What are we to be doing? What is our role? So let's read this morning. We're going to read a few verses in Mark chapter 13 in the beginning, and then we're going to drop down toward the end of Mark chapter 13 and read some of the ending verses here. So let's read verse number 1. The Bible says, And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Now you see in verse number one that exclamation point. That means this disciple was totally impressed by what was taking place and what they saw at the temple here. He said, What? buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, 
Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of, the, of Olives, over against the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately. They said, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when these things shall be filled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. When ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in divers places. There shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. So Jesus is giving some information here. I want you to drop down to verse number 32, if you will. Verse number 32 says, But of that day and that hour no man or knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray. For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Now I want you to notice in verse number 37, Jesus said very specifically. Now remember, he's talking to four of his disciples secretly here, or privately. But he says in the very closing verse, he says, And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. And God chose in his infinite wisdom to preserve this passage, and this verse in particular, for us. What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. I ask by way of question, entitling the sermon this morning, who's watching? 
Who's watching? Again, we want to know what's going to happen in the end times. What's going to happen when Jesus comes back? What's going to happen at the rapture? What's going to happen? Well, really, the question that we need to answer first is who's watching? Who's watching? Because Jesus said, I say unto you, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So again, by way of titling the sermon and the question that I want you to ponder on this morning as we preach, who's watching? And in that question, you must answer, are you watching? Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, you have given us so much to think about, to consider in our lives. And God, I pray this morning that you would stir our hearts for the cause of Christ. I pray that you would stir us up for the lost around us. Father, it ought to break our hearts to hear about someone in their early 20s that's never received an invitation to church. It ought to be an indictment on us. Father, may we, as Bible believers, as Christians, decide right here, right now, that we will be watching as you have asked, as you have commanded, knowing that without the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that he shed, that people will die and go to a place called hell. Father, may that be a reality to us. Help us to have an understanding of that. That it may grip our hearts, grip our souls. That we might watch until you return. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, while the disciples were no different here, they had a curiosity about these future events. They had a desire to learn what would happen. And so they asked the one who could tell them all things. Of course, Jesus, as he was in the temple and teaching, they came out, and again, one of the disciples said, Wow, can you believe this place? Look at this. 
And I will tell you, it had to have been very impressive. I mean, you think about all that we can accomplish today with the materials and the machinery that we have. And all that we can do and, 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 and accomplish and the high rises that we can do. They didn't have machinery and things like we do today. And I, I've seen, uh, again, some ancient places and things that they've built. I've seen pictures. And I think, man, how did they accomplish that? without modern technology, but they did. And so I can only imagine what the disciple was looking at when he said, wow, what a building, how impressive is that? But they're just looking around and saying, man, this is amazing. But Jesus kind of did a little reality check, if you will, and he said, well, you see these great buildings? You see it? And he's probably pointing, I can imagine, as he's pointing around. You see these great buildings? Oh, yeah. We see them. Look at that. And he says, well, there's not going to be one, one left. It's going to fall stone upon stone. They're all going to be thrown down. Isn't that something? Think about that. Think about it. He said, there's nothing that's going to last forever. And they said in verse number four, as again, he's talking to Peter, James, and John, and Andrew. They said, tell us what things these shall be. They, had, they, they wanted some reassurance here. So we have this request of reassurance. As he says, nothing will last forever. Last week, we had an opportunity to go to Indiana for a day. We were there maybe 18 hours. We slept, and on our way back home, we took a little scenic route and uh, stopped by to see some people that we hadn't seen before, and uh, we hadn't been there in many years. And the boys, when we moved from Indiana, uh, as a matter of fact, Justice, when we moved from there, he was only a few months old. And so we decided we were going to drive by uh, a couple of places where we lived, and so we, we went to a, a little restaurant where Rachel wanted to see somebody that worked there. And so we went there, and it was nearby one of the places where we lived. And so we, we drove by, and uh, we were driving by. And it, it was amazing because as we were driving by, uh, we were looking, and um, there was something strange. It wasn't there. It was gone wiped out, demolished. And I said, well, that's strange. Our house used to be right there. Now, that was just 15 years ago, and it was gone. Maybe 16 years ago. Gone. Not there anymore. And the boys were like, eh. They weren't impressed. And so we drove a few miles down the road, and we had, only, we had only lived there for a few months, and we had an opportunity to move to a bigger and better house with less rent. And so uh, we said, well, well, we'll go to the next house. And so we drove a few miles down the road, and uh, we said, we drove past one house, and we said, hey, that's where uh, so-and-so lived. And uh, we turned down the road, and 
we, we lived in this one house, and so we drove, and uh, I said, hey, you see this building over here? And the boys were like, yeah. Asher said, I see it, and Justin said, I don't see anything. And I said, well, we'll get closer, and he said, okay, I see it. And, and I said, uh, all right, here, here we go. And, uh, I, and I know n- none of you are going to believe this, but the second house that we lived in, gone. It was a field, demolished, gone. It was honestly, it was a little eerie feeling to me. I was thinking, we had memories there. In the first house, I remember remember having a picnic with the girls in the backyard, and we had a swing that I pushed the girls on. The second house, we had memories. It was the house Asher, where Asher was born. And we brought him home for the first time. And when he was three weeks old, we had an ice storm, and we thought he, we weren't going to be able to keep him because it was too cold. We had no power for two weeks. It was crazy. But memories, the house was gone. Listen to me. Jesus said, nothing lasts forever. He says, you see that building? It'll be gone one day. Because nothing's going to last forever. Hey, can I remind you? Not only will nothing last forever, but that building, you live in a building right now. Listen, that building's going to outlast you. But that building's not going to last forever, and neither will you. And so the disciples, they, they wanted this reassurance, and they said, well, 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 tell us. You've got to tell us. When will this be fulfilled? For the next several verses, Jesus gives them a record of reality. He says, okay, well, first off, take heed, lest any man deceive you. Because there will be many, and people will be deceived. He said, you're going to hear rumors of wars. He said, but not to worry. These things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. Nation's going to rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. That just means many places. There's going to be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. Take heed to yourselves. They shall deliver you up to councils. In the synagogues ye shall be beaten. Ye shall be brought before the rulers and the kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. May we not forget the call of the church is the gospel. It's it's the gospel. Hey, can I remind you this morning that the call that we have as a church, the reason that we're gathered this morning is to remind us that we have a gospel that needs to be preached. There is a gospel that needs to be shared. 
One of the reasons I spent so long this morning saying, hey, invite your lost friends, invite your lost friends, invite your lost friends, is because the gospel must be preached. It must be to all nations. There's no one exempt. It's for all people. It's for all men. We have an obligation. Oh, what a time we have. There's something that we must do. There's something that we must have. And Jesus is giving this record of reality. He's given this record of prophecy. To say there is something that needs to be done. But, verse 11, And they shall lead you, deliver you up. Take no thought beforehand. But ye shall speak. Neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour. That speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death. Read, check this out. Now the brother shall betray brother to death. The father, the son. Children shall rise up against their parents. They shall cause, or shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. But when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing, where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. And let them that be in Judea flee the, to the mountains. And let them that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again or to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time. Neither shall be. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. And then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is here, believe him not. For false Christs and false prophets shall rise and show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take ye heed. Behold, I have foretold you all things. So we see this prophecy of the tribulation period of time, and this record of reality, and then in verse number 24, we find the rehearsal of the reckoning. He says in verse number 24, but in those days after that tribulation, he says, after it's all over, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall. The powers that are in heaven shall be shaken when they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels 
and shall gather together his elect from the four winds of the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branch is yet tender and putteth forth the leaves. You know that summer is near. So ye, in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He says there's a reckoning coming. He says there's a prophecy. And it's real. And in that tribulation time, it's going to be real. But I praise God that before that, the church will be called home. This prophecy is given to Israel. It's given to the disciples for Israel. And as Jesus says in verse number 32, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Know not the angels that are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray. For ye know not when the time is. He says in verse number 33, watch and pray. In verse number 34, he gives a little parable. As he gives this example, he says, The Son of Man, talking about himself, is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Verse 35, he says, Watch ye therefore. And in verse 37, he again says, and What I say unto you, I say unto all, Watch. Four times in five verses, from verse 33 to verse 37, Jesus said, watch. While we see this request of reassurance, while we see a record of reality and a rehearsal of the reckoning, I want to take these last few moments to give you a reminder of our responsibility. A reminder of our responsibility. You see... In the end days, and in the end times, if the church is raptured out, what our thought ought to be is who's left. What ought to concern us the most, what ought to concern us more than anything else, is have I done all that I was supposed to do. Did I watch? Jesus said, watch. The word watch means to tend to. 
to keep an eye out. To watch. Are you looking? Are you tending to what he has? Notice again as he says, watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. If that's all he said, that would be one thing. But Jesus was very specific here. As he says in verse number 34, The Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. What he means is Jesus is going to be leaving and going to heaven. But he's coming back. Amen. Amen, he's coming back. But in that meantime, he said, who left his house? That's here. And he gave authority to his servants. Guess who his servants are? That's us. Hold on. And to every man, his work. Okay. So Jesus says, the Son of Man is as a man who went on a journey. And he left his house. But he has people that are going to watch his house. And as they're watching his house, he gave all of them a job to do. And to the porter, he said, I want you to watch. So everybody has a job to do. As he goes on his journey. Everybody has a responsibility here. Amen. Hey, listen. I'm a firm believer that as a member of a local New Testament church, that every member has a responsibility in God's church. You have a role. Amen. You say, I'm so glad I'm not a member. Hey, if you're saved, guess what that makes you? Makes you a member. You say, I don't like that. Well, it's okay. You don't have to like it. Here's the deal God's given us a role, He's given us a work. He said, Watch. I remember as a, as a boy, I, I grew up, and I, I, this may not be the case for every parent, but it seemed like it was for my parents, but it, it seemed like they could not wait until my sister and I were old enough to leave us at home by ourselves. Is that like every parent's dream? They may have started too early with us, I don't know, um, but I can remember uh, my parents would go somewhere and it started off with, uh, we're going to go to the store and we're going to be gone for 15 minutes. And it was like one of those, we're going to see if you survive by yourself for 15 minutes. And we survived. And then 15 minutes became 30 minutes, 30 minutes became an hour, an hour became a couple of hours, a couple of hours became a half a day, or eight hours while they were at work. I can remember there were times when my parents would go somewhere, and my dad would say, all right, while we're gone, I want your room cleaned up. 
Okay, well, how long are you going to be gone? How many you know what I'm talking about? We'll be back by 4 o'clock. <laughs> Done. Well, I had, I had a Nintendo, and so I'm watching the clock, and, and Seth, I know. It's going to take me 20 minutes to clean my room. So as long as I start by 3.40, I'm good. What happens if dad comes back early? Yeah. Seriously. And I'm playing my Nintendo or, hey, there were some times where I just fell asleep. And do you know, hey, listen, do you know how many my busy body nosy sister would come in and say, Dad told you to clean your room. And I would say, oh, shut up. You don't tell me what to do. Right? Some of you right now are looking at me with the same look that I looked at my sister. You don't tell me what to do. Seriously. But the fact is, my dad gave me a job to do. And I remember one time in particular, I mean as vivid as my mind, my dad came home early. We had a gravel driveway. I'm picturing the house we lived in, the living room I was sitting in, and I heard his car pull in the driveway, <laughs> and my eyes got big because I hadn't cleaned my room. And I ran to my room. I took everything, threw it in the closet, put it all in, slammed the doors. He comes in, you know. How many of you know you get what you inspect? You don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. My dad was an inspector. So he came in. Did you clean your room? Mm-hmm. So he came in. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't like it was. And then he did the unthinkable. He opened the door to the closet. My room was not clean, folks. The job was not done. It wasn't. Because I was neglectful. Listen. Jesus said, watch. Tend to the work. He's given us authority to get the job done. The authority that we have is the gospel. That is our purpose. Listen, without the gospel, everything we do at Bailey Road Baptist Church is in vain. It's all in vain. I'll even say it's pointless. Without the gospel, Pointless. 
Everything we do must be tied to it. Everything we do must have the gospel in mind. Because that is what we were left to do, to watch and pray. It's what He's given us authority to do. To reach people with the gospel. He said, I'm not just telling you. Telling all. Watch. Watch. I ask this morning, who's watching? Who's watching? Who at Bailey Road Baptist Church is watching? Now look, I know, listen. Here's what we do sometimes. We're a body. The Bible describes us as a body. Here's what we say. So, I don't have to watch. That's the eye's job. The eyes watch. Oh, contraire. You know what? The ears watch too, don't they? Sure they do. I was upstairs. I'm, I'm home alone this week. Rachel's visiting her family. I'm home alone, and I was upstairs. I can't see downstairs. But I heard something that I don't normally hear. And I said, I'm the only one here. I couldn't see, but I heard. You know what my ears were doing? They were watching. Sometimes I walk through the house in the dark. My eyes can't see. My hands can. My feet can. I'm the first one up in the morning. I walk downstairs every morning in the dark. I can't see the stairs. So I have to see with my feet. It's not just the eyes that see. As a matter of fact, you know what? There's internal parts that if our internal parts aren't working right, our eyes aren't going to work. It's not just the eyes. It takes everyone. It takes a working body together to do what we do as a church. Don't think that you're insignificant. Don't think that you're not important. Don't think you say, well, I'm just this. No, God designed the body for every part of the body to do something. So I don't understand it. That's okay. This may sound weird, but some of you are bacteria. You realize we need bacteria? And bacteria are good for us. I heard the other day, I was listening to a book, it said we had like over a trillion different bacteria living inside of us at all times. I was like, man, I'll be bacteria. If it's needful. 
Listen, it's all needful. Jesus said, watch. Jesus said, watch. So the question this morning is, who's watching? Who's watching? We have much to do. Listen, and I'm done. Listen. Whether we are ready or not, the rapture is going to happen. Then the tribulation period is going to happen. And then Jesus is coming back on that white horse. That is not going to be a great day for this planet. Listen to me. If the rapture happened today, listen, if the rapture happened today, there are people that you know and love that in seven years would be in that battle. would lose their life and spend an eternity in hell. Who's watching? You realize that's what we're supposed to be watching for? He's coming. He's coming. What's the job he told us to do? Get the gospel out. 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 Tell somebody about the gospel. That's the job. Listen, I, 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 wish, I wish it were as easy as just hiring a missionary to do it for us. It's not that easy. There are too many people that live on this planet. It takes all of us. Listen, you know what? We're, we're... listen, 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 listen. We're, we're, like a, we're like a ship. This building's like a ship. We're fishermen. Fishermen. We need some, we need some nets. We need some fishing poles. We need some tackle. We need, we need something to draw people in. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying we need a gimmick. I'm not saying the gospel is what draws men to Jesus. But if we don't tell them, we're not drawing the net. If we're not throwing that gospel out and reeling it in, we're just sitting in the boat. 
Does that give you a visual? Does that help? What's the, what's the purpose of going fishing? To catch fish. You don't catch fish in a boat. You bring the fish to the boat. You catch the fish in the water and bring them to the boat. Isn't that a novel idea? You don't catch them in the boat. That means you have to launch out. You've got to launch out. We've got to go get some nets, get some poles, get this thing, and go reach some people. Because Jesus said, watch. Watch. Who's watching? Who's watching? I'm done. One last question. It's a question I've asked probably 50 times this morning. Who's watching? Every head bowed, every eye closed.